Hi, everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Ash. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. And before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Ash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer visual language on Instagram at Waiting to be Signed. If you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens, at our Tezwald address WTBS.Tez or our ETH address WTBS.ETH. The best way you can support the show is by collecting the FX text article that accompanies each episode. It is a great way to follow along with all of the art and other references we talk about. And you get a little something in return. Woo! Happy Friday, Will. Happy Friday, Trinity. How was your week? It was a week. Um, on baby front, you're right. Everything is day by day. Monday, Tuesday was just up all night. Wednesday, Thursday slept all the way through the night. And then last night was a little bit of both. How's the napping? Is she still a no nap? She's a napper now. It's crazy how it just changes, right? Yeah. It's like she went through like a mini like developmental leap like at the start of the week and then just everything is different. Yeah. You know, she rolled over for the first time. She was sitting up by herself Whoa. for the first time all yesterday. It was just crazy. Huge. Huge. That's great. Hopefully if she's napping now, your days feel a little less chaotic. <laughs> yeah. And yesterday she said like two hour plus long naps. Yeah, that's sick. And it... Is a game changer, especially on Thursdays, because Claire is at the office and mm -hmm. it just can feel interminable if she's yes. not asleep. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. I know. That's my week. I don't know. My week was good as well. Got a lot of work done. Huge week for the podcast. Obviously, our Two Board Apes episode appearance came out. Did you go back and listen to it? I know you've never listened to our show, but did you listen to your appearance on that show? No, absolutely not. How was it? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Most of their episodes recently have been like 30 or 40 minutes, and this one was almost two hours long, and we just Switch chopped it up about everything. Yeah. You know, it was great. Yeah. So people who are listening to both, let us know what you think, and should we seek out more opportunities like that where we just talk about random stuff? And art, <laughs> yeah. but also a lot of random stuff. We did a pretty good job, I think, hitting our... We had some pre-show notes of things that we expected we might talk about that were generative art and FX hash related. And we got kind of through that discussion in 30 or 40 minutes. And then we just did a very extended AI and what is the blockchain good for <laughs> in general yeah. conversation. Like, things like about the social contract too, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. How can you prove truth? And it just kind of went off the rails in a good way. It was really fun to record and I had a lot of fun listening back to the episode. Yeah. True or false? Should we go off the rails more often? How do we do that? I'll tell you the thing I enjoyed most about that was like recording the show and being done and not having to think about how is it going to release? What's it going to sound like? Like the actual like one done experience of recording it and having no responsibility for it afterwards was, was awesome. It made me feel a lot more like liberated, I guess, also like as I was talking. We could also always stop editing. Or this no. is now Twitter space, folks. No. I keep trying to think of ways to edit less, for sure. But for time and for content, I think it does make our show feel better to edit it, for sure. And obviously in interviews, right? Like Sometimes we have interviews that go really long. I mean, you can take like almost a half hour out just in pauses and ums. And yeah. That saves people a lot of time. And you don't get rid of any content. So it's, to me, it's worth it. True, true. All right. So we'll find another dead week on FX Ash. Like, let's say there's a break and we can take that time to go off the rails. And find some other topics. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a story from last weekend. I don't know if this will be funny or not. And if it's not funny, we can take it out. Do you see what I wrote here in, <laughs> in my notes up top? I did see that. I was wondering what that is. Okay. So you might remember from college, my girlfriend at the time, with the VHS tapes, yes. With the VHS tapes. So, you know, I have this baby and she wanted to meet the baby. And so she came out and visited us in Jersey City. She was coming with her boyfriend. And also this is like the first time my wife's ever met her. 
And so you know how it is when you're having people over, not just guests, but maybe kind of like a above average and important guest coming over. There's a lot of frenzy to clean the apartment, make sure everything looks good. Like you're, you're presenting your best self. Not only did I shower, but I put some moisturizer on, like really just trying to, everyone was just trying to look really good, make sure sauna, sauna is extra clean. But I went to pick them up at the path. There's like literal baby goop all over the backseat of the car. Someone's going to have to sit back there. So I'm going to clean out the car really quick with some wipes and the vacuum. And I had the box that my octet, so this is where this story is going, that my octet from Marcel uh, Schwitlick was shipped in. And so I took everything out of the car and I put it on top of the car. And then I'm like cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. I thought I grabbed everything and put it back into the car, but I grabbed everything but the octet box and then proceeded to do the 10 minute drive. I got two thirds of the way there and I realized, oh, the box is not in the car. There's no way it's going to still be on the top of the car. Of course, when I stop, it's not there. And I'm like, all right, guys, like on the way back, we have to look for this box (laughs) and hope that it's okay. So we get halfway back to the apartment and we see like a bunch of box remnants in the street jump out, look all over. There's like packaging material and cardboard, but there's no art piece. So like, okay, that's weird. The box was going to come apart. We keep going almost back to the apartment, which is where I thought it would have fallen off was like right in the driveway. We find the rest of the box, including the inner plastic wrap that the art would have been in. And it was empty. So we found everything but the piece of art. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Like someone must have found it in the street, seen the art and like taken the art out and just like left all the packaging, even though like my name is on the box and address, like at least it's not destroyed. Like someone at least found it. Right. And so they're like, oh, you know, these are people that, you know, her boyfriend had never met. You know, this is like my girlfriend from 15 years ago. So it's just like really putting your best foot forward here, really putting my best foot forward. And it's like consolation, like, oh, like, are you sure it's okay? Like we can get out, we can keep looking. It's like, no, like, let's just go back. Like, it's fine. I'll figure it out later. And so here's an example of how baby brained and like brain fogged I am, right? Just as we're pulling in, I take the box out. I'm going to throw it into the dumpster. And then I see inside the box, like the receipt for the framer. (laughs) I got two of them and Marcel didn't ship them together. This was the one I already took to the framer, but I had mistaken it because the boxes are nearly identical in my brain from the baby fog, only having slept like three hours at night because Sana was up all night with a fever. So this whole thing was, I was just told them like, cause you know, they're, thinking about having a baby and stuff. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is what having a baby is like. Things that are so obvious, you're just so sleep deprived. You're just so exhausted that not only do you make mistakes like that, like leaving the box on top of the car, but then like the mistake of like, oh wait, yeah, that that's the one that I took already. You know, like it's just, it was such, such an absurd thing. And then of course I got anxiety that, do they think I staged this to like do something? Like, do you know? Like, Did you do stage they... it? To, no, to it was like it was a legitimate mistake. Uh-huh. Likely story. Likely yeah. story. But I was like, this is so preposterous that I must look like such an idiot. But then we had a really nice time, so that was was important. Yeah, that's good because I know that could be really stressful. I mean, it was 15 years ago, but still very stressful. Yeah. Wow, that is quite. The adventure is that worth leaving in, or is that too? Yeah. If, I edit, if I edit it down, it'll probably be a tighter. No, story I think you leave that sense. in. I think you leave this part of the conversation <laughs> yeah. in too full meta. I love it. The octets look great, by the way. So. Yeah, how big are they? <laughs> there were two sizes, right? They were given out at random, and I got two of the smaller size, but they're still pretty big. Smaller than your Coronados. They're definitely smaller than the Coronados. They're they're what would be like one step up from an eight and a half by eleven. Like they're definitely a bit bigger than a okay. piece of printer paper, but I'm not familiar. It's A one, right? It's whatever that is. The paper okay, size. Okay, it's the weird European sizes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they mean nothing to us. But all right, that's cool. Speaking of physicals, did you get your plotter piece of your YYY seed from Nuke in the mail? Yeah, dude, I wasn't sure if you actually gave them your address and stuff. So you got yours? Yeah, I got mine. It was It's awesome. It's the first physical piece I have that's, I guess, plotted other than the postcard. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really cool, right? Yeah. yeah. I have it sitting up behind me here along with the next octet. And then I'm waiting for some stuff. I, I, I don't know if you saw Alejandro tweeted, but he's sending me some stuff to like a print of an infantine and... Uh, plot and stuff so put that tweet in the notes because there's some cool stuff in there one of the pieces he's sending me is like a precursor plot from the piece that he released this week which is was really cool and we'll definitely talk about later in the episode another good transition off of physicals is the Corey Habert interview that dropped this week hell yeah that was a good interview that was a great interview slightly undercut by the fact that then the project got delayed (laughs) until Monday and also the fact that the project format wasn't fully finalized when we recorded the interview and multiple details shifted but you recorded a disclaimer when we were talking to Corey, it was kind of clear that there was like not some hesitation but it was like at the time it seemed like he was very committed to long form 
but also was kind of like struggling with what it meant for it to be his first long form piece. And like one of us even suggested it was like, well, why not just do curated like some form, you know, like, why are you doing it long form if it would be better the other way? And yeah, it turns out. <laughs> that's Sorry, guys, they, we they planted up. that little uh, worm into his brain and hence the delay. Should we take responsibility for that? Well, I don't know if that yes. was, would have been enough to call. Yes, we'll take responsibility. Yes, we wonder, but, it's showing how we can exert power into the world. But I wanted to keep all that in, right? Because yeah. I, I feel like it was like really good insight into the things an artist has to think about with their work. And it would have just been so much effort to go in and try to edit around and make everything accurate. So it's like, rather than have it be inaccurate, just put the disclaimer up front and say like, hey, like if it sounded like there is some hesitancy here, like I think we know why. And I'm excited for the drop next week. So it's coming out now Monday, the day after this episode. And it was great to hear from Corey. Like, it's so cool. Like he built a plotter <laughs> to yeah. do paint. That's awesome. As a person with a full-time job, other hobbies, children, all within those pockets of space, at, like at five in the morning. We're doing a lot, but we're not figuring that stuff out. That's yeah, we're not insane. building robots. <laughs> That's the next step, I guess. Maybe you can build a plotter on your deck. Ugh. All right, fine. You've twisted <laughs> my arm. Should we just quickly plug that our next interview coming next week, so our three interviews in a row, will be Ozzy from FX Hash team, the notorious yeah. cat. So look forward to that in a couple of days. And this is another interview we recorded a while ago. You know, we had to work around travel schedules, but I don't think Ozzy has any big upcoming drops that talked about. So it's a low risk. No. Yeah, low risk. His is going to be a pretty evergreen interview, I hope. Just also as another note for people who you know want a quick way to look at all of our interviews in uh, our Twitter and Instagram profiles, we set up a link tree. And one of the links in there is to a Spotify playlist that just includes interviews. So if you wanted to hear nothing but the interviews that we had with artists, the interviews that we were in on other podcasts, it includes everything. So go ahead and check that out. And you can just start from the beginning and work your way up. I love this. Thank you for setting this up. This is a surprise. I imagine if you're new to the show, it's like not really worth your time to go back and listen to episode zero and hear about all the drops from the first week of January, 2022. <laughs> Where we just, just talk interviews. about 30 drops in a row. Yeah. Yeah. With, with no context and just what, what minted out and what got flipped. We have so much news this week, including this one you put here about Sotheby's launching Metaverse. I haven't looked too closely at this, so perhaps you can explain what is going on with Sotheby's in this launch. We all know Sotheby's for better or for worse. And ultimately, Metaverse, which I think is weirdly named, I think it's an overly used term. And also there's nothing really VR, AR, MR about it. It's all just you know digital art. And it's where they're basically curating and creating a secondary market to buy and sell digital art that they have handpicked. They're selling things like Xcopy, things from Claire Silver, some of the big name artists. It's not just AI, it's also digital. And so it just kind of symbolizes their foray into our world a little bit more and can either be taking away from the space or legitimizing the space, depending on how you think about it. One thing I heard about this was that they've essentially made deals with these few artists that are being featured right now. The artists themselves have been curated, but I don't think Sotheby's is going to curate the work they put up. And so they kind of just have like carte blanche to post whatever they want mm, for sale. Okay. I think one of the weird things about this, and I think it's with all these big sites whether it's a gallery, um, an auction house, a museum, is the way that they're differentiating art on the blockchain from art. Mm. Like it's great marketing, sort of, because they're grabbing the attention of all of these people who love NFTs, but it's also not including it within like the broader context of the work that they're showing or curating or whatever. It's kind of siloed, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I wonder what the motivation for doing that is other than to hide it from some of the maybe stuffier, more traditional patrons that they have. The other interesting thing is that all of these are offers only except for the Tyler Hobbs. Yeah. Tyler's piece actually has a buy it now of just 600 ETH, a million Easy. USD, to buy a project called Return Zero Blue, which looks like it might have been a precursor piece or a derivative piece off of the Fidenza project. But then everyone else just has a make offer. So that's a lot more like a traditional gallery. Yeah. They don't post the prices. Like you can like contact us for the price. And if we think you're serious, we'll sell it to you. If these don't sell, then they probably won't expand this platform that much. There is an opportunity for if this effort fails as a standalone platform, like there's no reason not to just fold it into everything else because I think mm. that what they have is generally pretty broad. But perhaps there's an issue with like the traditional art markets and how things work there and you know it might not necessarily be fully reconciled with the way that we work on the blockchain 
another platform, not one that I think we need to keep track of outside of just the fact that it's like high profile, but certainly I don't think either of us are in a position to buy these pieces. (laughs) Not yet. Yeah. Also on the ETH side, the insanity of gas has continued. Seems to be no end in sight to these issues of just extreme high gas. I mean, just yesterday we were trying to mint a project on Tender, actually, since tonight is the release of Tur, the first collaborative project that Tender is doing on ETH with architecture. We were kind of just like testing out minting on ETH through Tender. At some point, it was over $100 in gas for what is essentially a free mint that we were just trying to test, right? It's like, wow. Just to even test that it's working, we need to spend 100 bucks in gas. Yeah. So fortunately, this morning, I finally got one done for like 30 bucks. So it's kind of crazy. And as a result, both FX Hash have kind of jumped in and created a thread around gas and the virtues of Tezos and how open Tezos is and inclusive by virtue of not having these gas issues. And even the Tez Foundation jumped in and said, hey, (laughs) you you want a small rebate? If you connect an ETH wallet that has spent more than $100 in gas recently, we'll give you five free Tez, (laughs) which I thought was kind of brilliant. And that's a thing that they've been thinking about. That just doesn't jump off the press overnight, at least a couple of weeks thinking about it and trying to capitalize off of it. I think it's very cool. I haven't spent $100 in ETH or gas fees, but it's definitely really cool. And you've seen like this whole proliferation of people talking about like, here are the art collections you can get started on for five Tez, including fees. Yeah. Given that you can't even transact on ETH for five Tez. There's a ton of art that you can get for free or near free from even pretty big artists. Yeah. Like artists that we know. And you've you put together a small collection. I guess you would call this the waiting to be signed five Tez collection. <laughs> Working uh, title. Yeah. But yeah, we have eight pieces in here right now, ranging in price from free, such as the M. Soriaro uh, verse drops or versum drops, all the way up to 0.6 for some of the recent Annabellers. We still have 2.78 Tez left. So like, oh my gosh, what are we going to get? You know, I'm trying to not just get all the free stuff because, you know, the fees do add up and also trying to stick to like a nice quality collection. I'm sure you can find some really great FX hash pieces, like some Punavir and stuff that are like 0.1, 0.2 like on FX hash. Right now, the best thing I've seen at that price point is Petri 1500 by Macintosh. Great project. It's like 0.12, so probably worth picking up just to have like actual generative art here rather than things that are mostly Versum pieces. Yeah, big addition. So thank you, Versum, for being a less trodden platform and having much lower prices. When you went over to Versum to mint those, well, did you mint them through Object or did you mint them from Versum? Okay, because I'm like, I actually haven't visited Versum in so long and I wonder if people are even still dropping anything there at this point. I don't think they've made an official announcement that's like we're dead, but it feels like they are, right? <laughs> Is that an unfair assessment? No idea. One of the other items that we've been tracking or that just kind of came up in the feed recently is a follow-up to NFT NYC. One of the events that we went to was at Art Matter down in Red Hook, where Zancan was showcasing like precursors to charcoal seeds. And they've ultimately created a small series on object, Art Matter, collaborating with NFT Collective Art and Zancan called Organic Matter, 01 to 06. And it is using a very similar algorithm. It comes with a free piece, which is very cool. And all but one have sold for 18,000 Tez each. Physical included. Physical included, of course. And I'm assuming that it's using the Art Matter technology of like also not just plotting it, but plotting it with paint. I think these are the ones that were actually on display at Art Matter in the physical event. They finally tokenized them and are, are selling them or have found owners for them. So three yes. of them we know went to LeMond. I'm just looking at the history and trying to see. It was sold yeah, to LeMond on the ninth. I'm just trying to figure out who the other person who actually bought any are. Well, it doesn't matter. The, I guess what's, what's important is that they look cool. These physicals are selling. And it's kind of, I guess, proving the case again that physicals are the thing right now. <laughs> Definitely. I wonder if they'll release more. Because the last time I checked, they only had three. I wonder if we'll see any of the black ones come out. Because there were some on display, right? I can't remember. I mean, the thing that the thing that stands out to me that's not listed here are some of the studies that they did in advance mm-hmm. that were like printed on burlap and other materials with a heavier use of charcoal and were just kind of like some test patterns. Like those to me would be really cool things to own. We'll have to swing down to uh, Art Matter maybe again, see if they have any like just, you know, stuff they're going to put out for the trash. Uh, these old things. Something else interesting that happened this week. 
I wasn't sure if we were ever going to see another update from him, but Shivam Boulder. Yes. They've got this ongoing battle with their government over taxes and the criminality of crypto. And they finally released another long update thread that included some very, very cool looking art in it that they claim is not actually attached to any project. So I'm not sure what these are for, if they but intend to sell later them, on, but... they do. Say, he does say that there's going to be another project on Artblock. So it could be the Artblocks project. Maybe. They all look related. Looking at these all together, I would believe they're from the same algorithm for sure. Yeah. But the sad part is it does not sound like his situation is improving at all. Looking at this thread, if anything, it's getting worse. He has no ability to access his money. And because of that, he can't pay the taxes that he's told he owes. And he's accruing interest for missing those payments. At a rapid rate. It's like a thousand euros a day. Yes. Something like that. And the situation first happened quite a while ago that was sometime last year early last year it was like this is really hard this sucks i don't know what's going to happen but there is a fire under his ass to like get it sorted out rectify he set up the website for updates and everything that was happening but i think it's just been a really drawn out battle so to speak and it's taking a huge toll on his physical health his mental health his emotional health it's really awful guys it's scary. And you know, this all kind of started from him being debanked and losing access to the money that he had. His bank deciding that he was potentially involved in crime because of the source of his income. Looking at what he wrote on his website originally, like he had been very straightforward with them and told them exactly what he was doing, that he's an artist and here's how he sells it. And we've actually seen two artists recently, one of which Zancan talking publicly, having a similar issue, being debanked and having to fight with a bank that they've had relationships with for years over the legitimacy of their accounts and uh yeah this is this is not it's not good yeah i'm not really sure what the answer to it is for artists like this especially like chip and boulder like Zancan, who do well like when they release and presumably you're going to support themselves with that money so you need to be able to use the bank like you just need to use those traditional banking mm-hmm. rails at some point to like pay your mortgages and get your groceries and stuff so yeah i don't know what the solution is for them i actually don't know where it's netted out with Zancan. For Shivan Boulder, it's kind of implied that there's some like malintent on the behalf of the other parties within this. Yeah. Again, I don't know if that is actual or if that is perception, but when you owe the tax service 2.5 million euros, I would think that there would be incentive from that organization. He's from what, Lithuania? I forget which country. Uh... I forget. To actually cooperate with the individual and to figure out how to sit down and make things work. It think. just feels very weird and like he could be locked up for 12 years. Seize all of his funds instead of just getting, I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. It's all, it's all scary. It's very crazy. It's just really unfortunate. So take the time, check out this thread, check out his website, read the story. He's got some art on FX hash. I don't know to what degree the royalties will help him if he can even access that money directly, but go check out his work also on art blocks and stuff too. He had a great project called Alien DNA from early last year, which I think is Super rad. One of the few pieces I've collected from Art Blocks. That was kind of depressing. Also depressing was the waiting to be signed poll results. Did you look at this? This poll that I did? <laughs> a little bit. But what was the poll for people who might have missed it because they have been detwittered? It was uh, if you could own a waiting to be signed episode as an NFT, would you? Please reply why or why not? What would you pay for a one of one? And whether you would expect any utility with it? And we ended up with only 29 votes and it was pretty evenly split but slightly biased towards no, 52% no, 48% yes. So that might be only the difference of one or two votes there, probably just even one vote difference. I didn't see anyone who said no or anyone who voted no explain why they wouldn't want it. So it's just something I was thinking about because while we were at NFT NYC, we went to this Tezos party and we met some folks who are working on ways to like turn large audio files like what we have into NFTs on Tez or on ETH. So I was like, oh, this could be like a cool thing for people who want to spend a little bit more to collect but looks like there might not be any appetite for it. So <laughs> I won't spend any more. I mean, small sample size. On. And yeah. you know, I think that we would need to get more information around um, or provide more information perhaps around pricing. Does it need to be a one of one? Doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, in people's minds, there could be a, an overlap between this and like an FX text article, for example. That's where the one of one thing came from is like how to differentiate it from FX text. Yeah. I think ultimately, if we did something like that and we wanted to do like not just a one of one, but have people spend potentially one or 200 Tez on it, they would expect more than just the audio 
because it's just again it's kind of like you own it but what does that mean once we become famous you know that's gonna be (laughs) really really valuable right really valuable i hope so yeah manifestation let's go we'll continue to think about it if you have opinions if you didn't see the poll and you want to write to us let us know what you think what you might want to see aside from just owning the audio file like in terms of utility off of it all right should i do donations let's do donations okay donations this week we got a Liminalia from Zazuzel. Thank you. Sean Yost sent us two X copies of Sculpts Number 3, a few of the um, green and Ken Consumer collabs that they put up onto Tezos this week. EMDWX sent us a self-reference. And Thomas Noya gave us two smalls, the release by Punabir this week, the free one that happened in the middle of the night that everyone in America missed. <laughs> so cool. Thank you, everyone, for those donations. Much, much appreciated. And of course, everyone who minted the articles this week, thank you for that support. All right, topics and trends, Trinity. Phantom wallet. Phantom wallet. Is this the thing we've all been waiting for? And why is Tez not included? Because it's all... Um, ETH compatible stuff. It's ETH compatible stuff, yeah. And maybe we should, could have talked about this in relation to the free Tez for people who spent 100 plus gas on Ethereum just because it's the cross-chain conversation. But Phantom wallet has a new multi-chain feature, which is... I th- think one of the game changers in this space. ETH, Solana, and Polygon are all in the same wallet. It supports all those chains without switching context like you have to do with MetaMask. That feels like a game changer in many respects, especially from like a user onboarding and friction perspective. That's the thing that I think will help make ETH work because it's your L2s, it's your L1s, everything rolling up into the same wallet. You know, you don't have to worry about a dozen different phrases and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know how it handles things like bridging or if that's a thing or how it compartmentalizes assets that you have on each chain or if it just doesn't matter. We were having a big conversation with Ken Consumer on Discord, I guess last week, perhaps, talking about gas fees and like how just ETH doesn't work. And he was talking about how, you know, that's why we have L2s as a way to roll things up into the L1. Nobody should be using Ethereum mainnet for all these different apps and protocols. But ultimately, there's no incentive for people not to use the L1. Like if you're not on the L1, nobody's going to see you. Nobody's going to use you because they, there's this big proliferation of all these L2 networks that will be competing for marketing and mindshare, right? This will be worth like downloading and looking at the UI and seeing how it feels. I also like this. It looks like I'm just looking through the tweet thread here. Like you can see these, your NFT is better. Like in MetaMask, it just kind of shows you like a line item. Like you have this NFT and here they're actually showing you a thumbnail and stuff, which will make it easier to browse your collection locally. So are you going to switch and check this out? Okay. (laughs) You only just got your MetaMask set up, right? No, I've had my MetaMask set up ever since the Olympus forks. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's right. I'm just looking. I still have some memo. I wonder if I can, what I can even do with that. And cry into it. Yeah. Ohm is still alive, apparently. I just don't know. It's just not worth anything. It'll be worth something. You know, once the bear market is over, the people who stayed with it, they're going to be the people who have been rewarded because, you know, we've been really getting that insane interest and the rebasing, right? I should definitely go look at this actually and see after later today, I should go try to connect and see what's up. Nothing good. All right. Well, I'm going to check out this wallet, I think. This is interesting to me. It's really exciting, you know, um, just in terms of a next step forward and usability from the blockchain. We need something like this because platforms like Eclipse and like that other one that we talked about last week that's launching soon, part of their deal is that they're going to like, they want to enable these artists to eventually publish on L2s. So having a wallet like this that seamlessly like interacts with everything is going to help facilitate that. It's going to help onboard people more than anything any individual platform can do. Mm-hmm. having a really, really strong wallet. So I'm going to check yeah. this out for sure. And reading through this Twitter thread, one person asks, so when will we be able to swap in the wallet? And they say soon. And that could be another really big game changer. Yeah. Being able to do all of that natively. And I wonder what it would take to get something like Tezos in here. That was one thing I was thinking about is if Tezos doesn't work out as an L1, what's the ability to migrate it as an L2 for ETH? I know that's like bonkers left field thinking. And also like, I know it's not EVM compatible. Like you'd have to completely rebuild it, but big picture. I don't know that Solana is actually EVM. Like it's not considered like a side chain to ETH. Like it's definitely something that was built from the ground up, but maybe they share enough similarities that 
like i know you can kind of bridge between them but you could bridge between tez and ETH theoretically if you want to like uh anybody can run ethereum contracts on solana but the latest upgrade to tez as far as i understand it allows you to do that as well i just don't think anyone has taken notice of that so maybe it's not going to be that far off but it's also just a matter of like they're probably prioritizing chains by market cap so it may not be worth their time to invest in bringing tezos over versus bringing whatever the next up chain it would be yeah i'll check it out i'll report back in a week or two should we talk about some art should we do a long overdue roundup on the things on verse i mean technically we talked about verse three weeks ago but they've released so much stuff. You know, when we talked to Jamie, didn't he say they were going to slow down and not do that much? And I just feel like there's new stuff coming every week since we had that interview with him. There's a lot to keep up with here. And we've picked out a few interesting ones. Specifically the ones that are more focused on the generative side. Yes. Uh, they've been doing a lot of work with, I guess, quote unquote, digital art. But there are three generative pieces that have really come out. I wanted to start with Linnea. I think this is the most exciting yeah. one. Yeah. By Stuart Batchelor, the San Francisco Bachelor himself. It's a generative piece that's being curated. They released 10 of them so far. They were super cheap, 65 bucks. I wanted to get one, but they actually minted out super quickly. And there, yeah, there are only 10 of them, yeah. The floor right now is 1,800. These are super tightly held. Only two of the 10 are listed. Most of them went to collectors I recognize, like Lonely Boy, Lamond, Alejandro. Some Doc of them Sci-Fi. are reserved for holders of his other pieces, um, like his first work on verse. Oh, okay. Not all of them. Oh, right, because he did them. have a piece. He had that um, piece a few exhibits ago also, yeah. Yeah. But the cool thing about this is they're going to keep rolling them out as he curates. And I don't know if that means he's going to evolve the code or if he's just going to kind of like keep flipping through. And as he gets a batch that he likes, he's going to add them. So I don't know if we know how many there's going to be in the end. I think they look sick. They look really cool. And, you know, he released a really great Twitter thread talking about the future of it. It's the 10 for now, but he wants to work on this series on an ongoing basis for years and for it to be a really important part of his overall body of work. It's the Linnea era of The Bachelor, as it were, which I think is really cool from a like an artist's perspective. And it's kind of bringing that ethos into the gen art space like thinking about monet with his freaking water lilies you know where it's like it's the water lily era it's the bridge in the garden era and just like that hyper focus i love it i think it most resembles his first project gaiatica in terms of the way the lines work but this one incorporates color whereas gaiatica was grayscale noisy creatures though i'm still Uh, perplexed by these i know (laughs) i like them they're just funky i don't know something about the squiggles that didn't that's why I just went back to look. I was like, I wonder if that's supposed to be like an early study for these or maybe even just in the colors, but I don't know. I don't think I see I think much they're different. relation they're there. Different yeah, I think enough, they're just yeah. totally different. What else? You have here Poems in the Public Domain by Anna Maria Caballero and Hieroglyphica. It's an ongoing series. This particular project is the Marianne Moore edit. And so those are just poems by Marianne Moore. I'm not familiar yes. with this poet. So I, Me I neither. Know. Do you know? <laughs> okay. No. Should we skip this one then? I thought it was... Uh... You know, like Mary Tyler Moore, right? It's not Mary Tyler Moore, I don't think. (laughs) But this is a continuation of the series that she did on FX Hash. Yeah. Um, And I think that series has been released elsewhere as well. Poems in the Public Domain came out October last year, also in collaboration with Hieroglyphica. And that one pulled from something like 30 different poems, maybe more. And it did this kind of like generative annotation. Mm -hmm. And then the poem deconstructs and then reconstructs and you get a new annotation. The poem itself is not generative, but what's kind of like the interpretation of it that is being presented to you in the token is generative. And that is pretty interesting. But I didn't hadn't yeah. realized this was part of a greater series. And I guess they just did a smaller version of this. Only 35 unique works. And I assume they were curated. So cool to see. And I think the other interesting thing about this one, at least in relation to the one FX hash, is that some of them also contain information about like accolades that they received um, Mm. that that the poem received like one of them said like loved by t.s Eliot," you know and so you get a little bit of i guess context there as well rather than just the feedback or the annotations and the highlighting that one's minted out only 35 and then we have one here that's not minted out yes also recently released piece by ferdinand dervaux imperfection at peace 128 editions only like 20 of them have minted so far, and it's $65.036 ETH. This is an interesting take on a flower or a leaf. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a very abstract, like um, 
watercolor-ish, but not quite. I guess probably there's a specific term for what this is called, this this type of medium. I don't know. These look nice. I think they mm-hmm. look they look really, really nice. I'm actually kind of surprised that they haven't gotten much love on the primary. Yeah, not quite sure. We'll just have to see. I think that Ferdinand has released a number or a few, at least, uh, pieces on verse. So perhaps there's saturation. Not sure. Mm. But this was released as a part of the Reconciliation with the Living Part 2 exhibition. It is the follow-up to the exhibition that had the Zanken Open Edition and Mm. just is like this entire discussion around environmentalism. It's more complex than that, but, you know, if I had to put it in one word. Just cross-checking on FX Ash. These kind of remind me of like in aesthetic, like the cyanotype stuff, the piece that Ferdinand dropped right around Christmas called The Past Ahead, which were these kind of like abstract cyanotypes all blue mm. which is fitting for the medium or some of them were black and white kind of just in the shape and form and the the aura of these feels like they probably derive invoking that same medium they're really cool it's not quite like color blocking but each one has like that specific look mm-hmm. in terms of the color usage and the way gradients kind of play out this too is a curated piece another instance of an artist coming to verse and choosing to do a curated collection versus um something long form that's one I would actually consider minting. I'm going to think about it. So I just loaded up some ETH <laughs> oh, for next you week. Also yeah. Credit card. That's true. So that's like a little verse roundup there. They continue to put out really cool projects. A lot of artists that we know from FX Hash and also a lot of new artists that we need to probably sit down and new, or I should say new to us artists that we could sit down and study and learn about that aren't from the generative art world. Opening the aperture. Let's move over to FX Hash, talk about some of the market stuff this week, some of our favorite projects and shout outs. It was a big week for liquidations on FX Hash, in particular yeah. from a very notable collector, Galaxy RGB, who had been selling some stuff here and there in the past few months. But this was the first time it seemed that it was like open market season on anything in the wallet, offers accepted, deals being made. I partook in some, a lot of other people did. What were some of the standout sales to you, Trinity? Probably the most shocking was a pair of looms. He sold multiple looms, but the second rarest color palette of loom is Gunta. It's only 18% of the total supply. You know, it's always commanded a really large premium over the two common palettes in the set. And two sold this week for 600 and 800, which I think was a really big surprise to a lot of people, given that that was below what the floor on loom has been for a really long time. Those are big surprises there. The Ethereal Microcosm for 385, that was yeah. like a huge surprise. Tons of his Zancan. I mean, I think we noted last week some Zancans that he had sold. Like way more Bugged Forests, way more KGM sold. No one's bit on his Garden Mine that's for sale yet. I mean, that's going to be a huge chunk of liquidity for anybody unless they try to lowball at like 1K, 2K. Crazy to see. Even some RGBs sold. He sold one one of his RGBs for 800. I got two ticks off of him, and I thought I got pretty good deals on those until I saw tick number four, which is a grass-bound palette, some of the more rare palettes. I love that palette so much. It's so good. I would have offered on this one, except I already have a The one tick I minted ended up being this palette, so I already had one. But he ended up selling this for 425, which was like cheaper than I had gotten on mine, which were not this palette. I was like, oh my God, dude. Like things changed so much over the course of days. Like I feel like I was offering to him on the first day and as the week progressed, he was accepting lower and lower and lower offers. Well, I mean, it kind of that's kind of how a flea market or a yard sale works. You know, you go in when it opens early on in the day because you want to get the best stuff. Yep. And then as the market's about to close, prices drop, you get better deals, but obviously the risk is that, you know, the pieces might not be as good. So unfortunately, you know, I don't think the market's closed on this galaxy um, selling spree. It's definitely not closed. Yeah. So I think prices will continue to drop and become more attractive. It's just, are you willing to risk losing access to the certain pieces or projects that you might want? I think mine were still pretty good buys. So I got tick 165 for 550. And this is a charcoal palette. So it was one of the more common palettes, but one that I wanted because I don't have a black and white one. And two, it looks significantly different from the ones I had. And then the next day, I went back and got Tick 58 for 600, so a little bit more. And even though this one looks black and white, it's actually a rare palette. It's a churn palette. 
which usually has some of like red and yellow in it. But for mm. whatever reason, the way this one rolled, it just rolled all black. But I liked the construction of this one. And in particular, I liked that it had some rows where you could kind of see that connection to bingo. Mm-hmm. And so now that's it. I think I'm done. I have my four ticks. I feel like I have like a nice representative cross-section of the project, one of my favorite projects on the platform. I never thought that I would have these opportunities. Like I had talked to some people in the last few months in ranges much higher than this, like in the 900-ish range and wasn't able to close deals. So this to me was a great opportunity. And if you have some Tez and you want to get some good stuff, I would say look at his wallet <laughs> and, and make an offer and you don't know what he's going to accept. Like I, I wouldn't be worried about it feeling too low necessarily. You got some offers in too. I did. From Galaxy's collection, the only one I got was Waxing Crescent number 42. He had two Waxing Crescents. I got this one, I think on a pretty good bargain for 175. Although who knows that 175 might be 75 in another week or so. And I actually put a piece offer on this because even though we had two Waxing Crescents, I liked this one because I had like just a slightly more color variation compared to the one that I already have. I liked it. That's such a good pickup. I mean, there yeah. was a point where the floor on this was like a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. The highest secondary sale when Tez was a lot higher was 888. You're talking like you're picking that up in USD on probably close to a 90% discount. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's I mean, a for a long buy. time, this project was incredibly affordable. It was under 100 until it, all of a sudden it wasn't. You know, it just went on this one big spree where everything got cut up and got held, including by people like Galaxy. Galaxy bought this for 59 Tez a year ago. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes and if the long rumored collaboration ever comes out. <laughs> if it ever happens, yeah. Yeah. But even so, like this, I mean, we've talked about this, but it's a super unique project on the platform. Yeah. It's worth historic. trying to get one, I think. It's historic, yeah. And you got a reading a book too, but that wasn't from Galaxy. No, this is actually from a community member named uh, Diagonal. I've been looking at this reading a book. It's number 411 for a long time, actually, ever since I first saw it put up for sale. It's just like the two rows. It is like this very cool Miami-esque palette. And yeah. I'm not a huge fan of looking at reading a book, I have to say. But this <laughs> one, I like looking at it. You know, it's just three colors really simple, really pleasing. At one point, he dropped the price below floor and I picked it up for 180. So not on offer, just straight up. I saw it listed and I was like, this is a deal. And I think I got it within five or 10 minutes because I was so nervous that somebody else would get it. Yeah, that was a great grab. I'm watching yours right now. The animation is like not too jittery. It's very, yeah. it's like on the slower, more thoughtful side of reading a books, I would say. Yeah, I think that has to do with like the two row approach. Mm-hmm. It's like not trying to do too many things at once. And by having this more limited palette, it also makes it kind of easier to yeah. get what's going on with it. And these are just, you know, these these colors are like U colors too. Yeah. So when I saw this one, I was like, oh, that's a great buy for Trinity. And yeah. it's a super nice one. Congrats. Yeah, Diagonal was another character who was selling stuff this week, along with other like community members like Surfer Drew, who unfortunately had a life event come up that caused him to sell his bird and tourist hollow for 1800 people just need money sometimes and bear market or bull market you have to sell right yeah for sure the other interesting thing was like that little run on memory module yeah that was when i wanted to talk about that like do you know is there alpha i don't know i'm not sure if she has a big project coming up i mean obviously an artist that we like we've collaborated with in the past on a waiting to be signed token i have a printout of a memory module hanging up in our bedroom. A number of sales this week. Oh, two sales this week. Yeah, the one that sold for 369 is actually eerily similar to the one I have a print of. Yeah. It was all to one person, wasn't it? Was it all one person? Mike G. Yeah, Mike G is a big collector. It's not a rare one or anything that he bought for that price. I think he must have just really liked the composition. Yeah, because it was well above floor. Maybe there's something that we should know about. What does Mike G know? Mike G might know. I love this project. And it makes for great prints too. Such a pleasing animation. I was so sad to have missed this mint. Oh my God. But with offers, you can probably get some pretty close to mint price at this point. Yeah. The floor right now, there's like a really nice big green one on the floor for 40 Tez. And I bet you can get it for less than that on offer. Yeah. There's some offers out for the collection. Nothing has hit Mm. yet. So I think that, I mean, mostly covers it. The only other big sale, there was like a Contra that sold for 675. That's really... That's like the new normal, it seems. I know. But the thing that makes me feel good about it, even though I hate seeing prices at that that low, is that conchas are moving. 
You know, it's not like they're sitting stagnant. They're turning hands. It shows that there's still interest in the project, even if there's that interest in selling it. They're still getting shuffled into hands that will hold, theoretically, at least until they hit the next price tier up. I had an offer on this for several days for 900 that the seller, Reese, did not accept. And then I finally closed the offer out to get the Tez to offer on the ticks. And then a few days later, he took an offer for 675 instead. This is one that I was trying to get because it's a green background. I don't have a green background. And it's super unique too, the way it has all of these densely packed vertical black lines. Mm-hmm. I actually reached out to Aurelian who wrote the article dissecting the rarity of Contras and asking him like, what do you think of this one? Like, how does this compare? And he had a name for this type of um, trait where the black lines are very close together. And he's like, it's actually not very common. Yeah. That's why I put such a good offer on it, 900. Yeah. I thought it was a good offer. I love this Contra. It was on the floor for a long time too. I don't know why Reese didn't accept it. Maybe he was just away from the computer, but he came back and he sold it for much cheaper. Sad me, I guess. But I got a, I got a take instead. It's fine. Kudos to a non-wallet. Yeah, kudos. All right. Projects of the week. Maybe one of the most ambitious and fun projects of the year dropped this week. Pensado Amano by Alejandro. Definitely the most groundbreaking project. Yes. Definitely the best use of params, or I should say the most innovative use of params we've seen so far. 999 editions, 3.33 Tez. I'm very glad this didn't end up being a free project. I wouldn't want to see like people hoarding 50 tickets of it. But it's a params project where you draw. You can flip the seeds and get different instructions from the canvas. It's a little dial back and forth, and then you draw, and then it calculates based on your drawing and forms the image. Have you done this yet? Yeah, I haven't minted my tickets yet, but essentially you then copy or push C on the keyboard. It's really important to follow the instructions. And then you paste very it important. <laughs> into the params box. And by pasting it into that clipboard field in the params box, it locks in your drawing. So that way when you mint, it has that information. If you simply draw and don't do the copy paste, when you mint, it won't have that information and you're going to get a token that says fittingly, waiting to be signed. So if you look through, especially the first hundred-ish or so, you'll see quite a lot. For example, number two here just has a waiting to be signed. Number 11, number 14, actually the same person who messed up twice there. Bad luck. But man, I mean, there's some fantastic outputs in here. It's a really, really cool project. The second that I saw this concept from Alejandro in, in the Tender Discord, it was just like, oh my God, like you have to do this. It should not even be a consideration to publish this project. Like this is so interesting. And this is what Ozzy keeps on talking about, or I guess the FXS team specifically when it comes to the power of params. Like it can be any input. It can be drawing. It can be sound. If you wanted to like connect the microphone, it can be, if it's an in-person mint, like blowing your air on something, blowing your breath, not your air. Anything that you can code and make work, right? Mm -hmm. This one again, too. I mean, I'm just thinking like, you know, Marcelo did one, right? Like Lisa Ort did one. And these are drawings, right? So like the one that Lisa did, like she drew. The one that Marcelo did, he drew. Like the one that I did, I drew. So it's kind of like more than any other Prams piece, right? Like buying a piece of art made by the person minting it. Mm Alejandro is then giving the tools to like turn it into, like help it realize its full potential, sort of. I hope you um, get to your tickets sometime. Yeah, I will. Are there any here that stand out to you? I think we've already talked about you know some of the ones that people have done. And in the notes here, Yasik ended up creating his mini program in order to hack it, so to speak, right? And ended yes. up releasing one that is just triangles and triangles and triangles. It kind of looks like an RGB. It looks really good. Yeah, it's number 283. He was able to get these amazing straight lines that I certainly would not have been able to draw freehand with a uh, mouse yeah. on a mouse pad. I really like some of the ones that Alluvium, Alawan Wang made, uh, number 272 and 275. I think those look really nice. I think I've pulled out 272 before for an Instagram post. Yes. Really, really cool. I love one that this anonymous wallet has done, number 215. That It's a lemon. A little love story there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really nice. And you can see actually the proto version number 213 by the same wallet there too. So one of the keys to this and you know, one of the reasons I'm probably going to wait is that instead of just drawing with your mouse pad, if you have like a Wacom tablet or any sort of thing that can connect to your laptop with like a pencil interface, you can create much more 
not solid drawings, but perhaps more uh, human-like drawings rather mm-hmm. than just mucking around with a mouse. So that is the the pro tip there. I think Green did that for one that he did that had pretty nice precise circles. Number 288, that one came out really nice. Yeah. I'm most proud of mine, number 309 of the ones that I've minted so far. I still have a few tickets left. I have to shamefully say that I minted two successfully. And then I was on a phone call for work and playing with it and came across something that I liked. And then I clicked mint and I hadn't copied the seed thing over. So I failed my third mint (laughs) after doing it correctly the first two times. So always be mindful as you're doing it because even if you've succeeded once, you can fail. I'm just loving what I'm seeing here. It's such a cool project. And we've only seen about a third of them so far Yeah, redeemed. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to see really cool stuff come out of this. Yeah, I need to mint my tickets. Lisa's number 291 is also yeah. really striking with yeah. the brown. It's very yellow jackets like, which is the show. The show. And like the little symbol that they have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys gave up on that show though, right? Uh, Temporarily. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We crushed the first season. We watched episode five or six last night of the new one. Still good. That was like definitely the big drop. You know, we mentioned Punivir had his surprise release this week. Mm-hmm. Small. Small that unfortunately we missed. But we have some cool stuff to shout out this week too. Anyone that you want to talk about yeah. in particular? Um, I'd like to shout out Sir Convolutions. I butchered that. Apologies. By M. Dollinger. It's a 100 edition project. Six Taz. Still available to mint. Kind of in the model of like that flow fieldy. The Wan RG piece. The flow fieldy like WebGL pieces that have been out there. Mm-hmm. Although this doesn't, I don't think that use this uses that library. You know, it's just very nice palettes with like really nice organic shapes, similar to like yeah, the one piece, everything by Jarvis, that piece as well. But not animated. But not animated, and you know, using yeah. just I think pure P five. I really enjoyed this, and you know, the artist got into the price discussion a couple of days ago and asking about like, you know, I just tried that to use this with parameters. At first I had like a ton of different parameters in the, in the space and then just ended up limiting it to only palettes. Like, was this a good thing or was this a bad mm. thing? I think ultimately this being a params project hurt the project in a way, just because people are really lazy. I think I would have preferred it to just be a fully random, just true long form piece. Yeah. And also I think when the main parameter is the palette from the gotchi game system, People will chase palettes to, to you know either get the one that they want or to discover new ones. But I think that this project, just regardless, is really cool. It is actually. It's really like, cool. I love like number five, for example. Yeah, number five looks awesome. You get some Quibibi vibes off of it, but it's definitely not trying to do the Quibibi thing. Like he, they state like this is just like really a color exploration using flow fields. But I think it's just kind of like that texture and some of the use of color gives me some of those vibes like in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. Number nine actually kind of reminds me of the infamous duck from um, the Volatile Moods piece that Mage bought for 10000 <laughs> It almost makes that duck face. Do you see it there? On yeah, the... I see it. Yeah. Oh, man. This so... is bringing back some weird shit from my childhood that- You need to explore? No, I think I had a Donald Duck puzzle. <laughs> and okay. part of one of the puzzle pieces was the Donald Duck mouth. And it was like plastic and it was the way that it fit in. Yeah, mm. it's just really bringing that back. Weird. <laughs> thanks for uh that thanks uh, for saying that yeah you're welcome trip down memory lane yeah i mean there are 35 or 36 palettes here i don't think that they've all been explored so yeah definitely not. actually it looks like that quite a few similar palettes have been selected so yeah we're checking out good shout out there let's shout out also photon resonator number five by hal 09999 hal came through with another piece this week only 99 editions and 9.99 Tez. So they've adjusted their pricing down from some of their previous work, maybe in response to just the market. Another insane physics particle piece. The thumbnails are spectacular Yeah. on this one in particular. But then these animate and they collapse and they do all the stuff you expect from a how piece. Just continues to create and really push what you might think is possible with JavaScript. I guess he uses WebGL. It uses a bunch of libraries, but still, it's crazy, this project. So go check it out. The floor is pretty close to mint, down to 14 Tez. Yeah, just keep in mind these animate. So let them run. See what he's doing. We really enjoyed his piece from NFT NYC, another artist that I'm going to keep looking out for and minting his stuff when it pops up. 
Yeah, definitely. Anyone else you want to talk? Want to shout out Pixel Mike real quick? Yeah, we got some donated, so let's let's shout it out. And that's Shazando, which uh, came out. I guess that was the project from last Friday. Two hundred editions, ten Tez, still available for mint. It's only halfway minted out. And this is just kind of a delightful play with colors and schmears, and literally means playful. I like these extra rare, extra tall ones. Like Toei Minto got a nice one, number 39. And Mike G got one, number 30, where the canvas is just like really stretched vertically. They're much bigger. Mm-hmm. You get some, even especially number 39. This one has a lot of like emergent stuff in it for me as an abstract piece goes. Mm-hmm. I think giving it that extra space to play with. Unfortunately, like FX hash doesn't do a good job showing the... The horizontal pieces. Yeah, the horizontal pieces. So I bet like projects like number 38 are a lot bigger than they look. Yeah, I'm opening but, up uh, number 19 as we speak. Obviously, the only way that you can really see it is if you, because even the like the preview on the piece page isn't great. You have to go into live view. You know, you get a lot of like that sideways movement with the animation, and you get, there's a lot of underlying detail that you definitely can mm-hmm. never see in like the tiny, tiny ass little thumbnail. Number 19 is really cool. It's just like that one sh- dominant schmear of like salmony pink, and no features on this one. So it's truly just like a, you know, you get what you get. The one that I got donated after we split the number 93 is a nice dark background, which looks like it's a little more rare. So thank you for giving me that one. Yeah. I mean, I very um, shamefully took the palette I preferred, but I know that you also like rarity. So it works out. Amy Goodchild has number 107, the last one minted. And that one's super nice too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this kind of feels like a distant cousin to an Amy Goodchild piece in some respects. Totally. I can see that. Yeah. It's honestly feeling like a slept on project. The more I look at it, the more I like yeah. it. <laughs> it feels like this should definitely be minted out, like 100%. I think it's a really hard, especially from a primary market perspective. I think that we're kind of back at month one or month two of FX Ash, where mm. in order for the market to have momentum, things will need to be released at super low prices. Or be like from top echelon artists like William Mapam, for example. I just don't think that it'll be easy to mint some stuff out. You know, I think the wand piece from two weeks ago is like the notable exception. It was really interesting, the market action that happened on that. And maybe that's, we can see that and some of that response to the market dynamics by having people not <laughs> release work. If I look at the Explore page, I feel like it's the, the same 10 people. <laughs> the same, yeah, five to 10 people who are just releasing one or two projects every week or in some cases every day. Yeah. I think it's true. I think people are definitely holding back work. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. People are definitely holding back work, looking for opportunities. Although that being said, we do have some stuff we're looking forward to at least one. Actually, I want to call out one more that I just saw pop up only now. And it's by Ross Goodwin, who is, we met a couple of weeks ago at NFT NYC and who's done a lot of really cool text-based projects. This project is called 64 Cylinder Engine. 64 editions, 15 Tez, still very mintable. And it is an animated chess game. The things that are on the chessboard as it moves are historic games of chess that have been had their moves called out in textual form. A very high concept. It's a very high concept. I looked at this one and I ran it and I was like watching it and trying to figure it out. At first glance, I haven't like studied it for hours, but I had a very hard time figuring out what was going on here a project I need to come back to and look at more closely. Mm -hmm. Ross Wood Goodwin is a really big chess player. From what I can tell from his website, he's like at one point, if not now, is like ranked, which feels like a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Instagram from NFT NYC included a lot of pictures of him playing chess against Tussler's in the park. Oh, okay, cool. Was he winning? I don't know. Instagram doesn't tell full stories. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one to shout out. Another cool Ross piece there. Maybe we should talk about what we're looking forward to because there is at least one piece coming this week that we know of for FX Hash, which is Tyler Boswell tweeted his follow-up. I think it'll be his first project since the one he did at Miami on FX Hash. We don't have a name for it yet. It looks like we're getting some like very colorful cosmic circles and cool lighting effects and stuff coming from him Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's going to be nice to see him returning to the platform. Yeah, I'm interested to see what this does and also to see more of the outputs because you know it's changed a little bit or we've seen some variation from the very beginning to where we are mm-hmm. now. And yeah, I think it looks really fun and very much in the theme or in the style of September, which I'm sure that some people yeah, might it seems be. Like it. Very much how about in the shape of September, but... You know, right, overlapping circles, but not doing that bisecting thing. Like it's... Yeah. 
looks like it's probably building on it, but not, you know, yeah. and no watercolor. So this is going to be the first piece from him in a while that we've seen that's like moving away from that watercolor blending treatment. So that'll be cool. I'm going to be, I'm interested to see the quantity and the pricing. Yeah. And if he does do something like a 50 Tez or higher price point, is that going to work in this market is like, it would be a huge question from me. Yeah. You know, he's someone who has a lot of pedigree on the platform and you would think could easily command that price. But right now, it's I don't so think hard to be confident. Yeah. At least he doesn't have to fight against gas. So that brings us to some of the eat stuff. <laughs> that nice we're transition, man. To. We mentioned earlier tonight is the Tur event. Both of us are going to be there in New York. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if we can mint there with credit card to get a print or if I still need to load up on ETH. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm more going, you know, obviously interested in the project, but mostly going just because NFT NYC was fun. I know some people are going to be there that we know. So it'll be just cool to meet people yeah. and hang out. Yeah. And then also coming up on the East side, uh, it was just announced, I think yesterday or the day before, Generations by Anna Lucia. And this is a project that she's been talking about and working on at least since NFT NYC last year. Since before. I think the first time she mentioned it was on our interview. Yeah. So it's a long time coming. Yeah. She's like, I can't say too much about it, but I'm working with these quilters. And I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. And here we are like over a year later where it's coming out. Yeah. We're both going to try to go to that too. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a, a live event in New York City at this, I guess, like gallery. It's also part of like Freeze NYC, which is happening next week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's other crypto events or NFT events that are happening that would be worth us going to, but this one will be super cool. I think it'll be live minting. There's going to be quilts for sale. Like they have a whole price sheet showing all the different combinations yep. of like NFTs and physicals you can get. And the project looks awesome. Yeah, it really does. The quilts look awesome, like um, based off of the people that she's been working with, which is this community of women from Alabama. G's Bend. She has an explainer Twitter thread that's really cool and helpful and man. I didn't know quilts could be so rad. I know. On the website itself, it says like you can get one, maybe potentially quilted by one of the women the, of Jeep Bend. They don't list the price. They don't list the price, but you also can quilt it yourself. And you know who makes a lot of quilts is my mom. Yep. And so if I end up minting one that looks really cool, especially, or like looks doable, I'm shipping it to her. And I'm going to say like, hey, like make this, you know, you're retired. I know we, we were chatting with Anna Lucia and she said she's going to make one herself. So... Super cool project. Really excited to go to that event. Lastly announced this week is the next project on Tonic. We talked about Mapan's drop about a month or so back, but Iskra is going to be the next artist there. Her project called Escape. We don't have additions or pricing yet. I'm assuming it's going to be in the multiple ETH level and probably a similar deal as Mapan's, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, you, you pay, you get a physical, you can pay more to get bigger physicals. That's cool. Coming at the end of the month. There's some interesting options here. Yeah, you're entitled to a 16 by 12 print physical, but there is like this loyalty thing happening where there's a holder repeat, but collectors who hold any tonic work will receive a rebate to the auction sellout price because it's a Dutch auction. Mm. So if you're a holder, you'll get the rebate option, which is interesting market mechanics. Yeah, that's interesting. So like Verse is doing that rebate for the first time this week with the Corey drop. But this is interesting to establish this like, yeah, if you're a repeat customer, you get the rebate. But if you're not, you pay what you pay. Yeah. If that's a thing that carries forward, it could be a fairly significant discount like that adds up over time to like be priced into these rebates in the, in the future. I don't know if that's just particular for this one drop or if that's something they're going to keep doing though. You know, So I guess that's like terms and conditions may apply yeah. type of thing. Yeah. It's definitely for this particular piece. It's on the piece page. But yeah, I mean, I think just the piece itself is at the surface quite different from a lot of what Iskra has done in the past. You know, I think she's most famous for her very charcoal or like pencil drawing type aesthetic, like most famously with the birds. And this one is like very architectural. It looks cool. I think the other interesting thing, and I'm wondering if there's an overlap here, is that recently Iskra tweeted that she was able to spend a month and a half with Vera Molnar. I don't know if it was like, yeah. it was some sort of like buddy sitcom for six weeks of them living together, which would be a rad. <laughs> I doubt it was that, but I wish it was. But I'm wondering if we're seeing some of like that old school influence in this piece at all. Early days of computer art. Yeah, like where it's like very like geometric. Symmetries. Yep. Yeah. We should mention Amy wrote a great piece about that. Yeah this week that we should link to and, and maybe next episode we can discuss it more 
I haven't finished reading her whole thread, her, her whole blog post yet. I need but. to finish that as well. Yes, there's a lot of good info in there about the earliest days of computer art. They're also doing that pre-registration of bids thing that they did last time that caused a lot of this like chaos when the Mapan piece got to the bottom level. People were trying to buy it and they couldn't because on the back end, the tonic people were trying to process all the people who had pre-bid at the bottom level and like giving them... So I will see if they streamline that process a little bit better this time around. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, very cool. Tonic is swinging big. They're only going for the top, top, most hyped artists. Yeah. So anything else that we should cover before we wrap this episode? I feel like we did a lot. We did a lot. Mint articles. <laughs> yeah, mint some articles. Nothing else to talk about. Even though things are slow, it feels like we have things to look forward to. Even if they happen to be on the ETH side, FX hash is still our heart and home. Look forward to the Aussie interview coming this week. That's it for this one. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Trinity, as always. It's been a lovely Friday morning with you. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Till then, later, everyone.